anything you want was down on Fillmore. Because you've never been to California until you've been to Fillmore. And that's why I always called it a little Harlem. After I got older and seeing uh, Harlem on TV in New York. And Fillmore just like a little Harlem. That was lifelong Fillmore resident Darnay McPherson. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. Every week on this podcast, you'll hear from bartenders, photographers, business owners, and other San Franciscans, telling stories, sharing personal histories, and trying to put into words what makes this city so special. Welcome to episode 24. Darnay grew up in the Fillmore during the jazz era. He graduated high school a little too late to frequent the jazz joints in the neighborhood. But his mom, his aunt, and many of his family's friends were there. In this podcast, Darnay talks about the Fillmore as he remembers it. He shares stories of a vibrant black neighborhood with black-owned shops, clubs, and restaurants. He reflects on what's become of the area today, but explains how and why he's able to stick around. Here's Darnay. Uh, the Fillmore, uh, well, like I said earlier, it was like more of a family-oriented neighborhood where uh, you can go anywhere, anytime. You didn't have to worry about crime, and the streets were just like full. A lot of restaurants, uh, movie theaters, and it's a friendly environment. Where exactly uh, did you grow up? Uh, my first home that I remember was on uh, the old projects. Right there on uh, Division Daryl, between uh, Bush and Sutter. Okay. Where you had a Russian center up there right now. Okay. That was all projects. And that's where I was born, uh, right there. And you were born at which hospital? San Francisco General. All right. <laughs> um, okay, and then after, after that, did your family move? Yeah, we moved up on Golden Gate, uh, Golden Gate and Baker. Uh, we was always, you know, in the Fillmore. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of things did... So, I guess, uh, when you're, you know, you said your memories kind of start at five, around around age five. So, right. what kind of things did you do in the, in the, in the neighborhood? Well, mostly, uh, as I uh, grew up, you know, we just liked to bike ride a lot and ride coasters. You know, we built our own coasters. Uh, we'd go to a garage, see if they'd give us some ball bearings. We'd go to a construction site and beg for wood. So, you know, we just, you know, just being typical kids. You know, we did our own building. Uh, like I said, our coasters and riding them up and down hills, doing things we shouldn't be doing, like going down the hill on Steiner Street right across Oak. <laughs> as soon as the light turned yellow. So, we're just doing typical kid things. The kind of things that parents tell their kids not to do, but then when they were kids, they probably did it too. Well, no. Well, don't, you know, stay in the neighborhood, which we didn't. Um, don't go by water, which we did. <laughs> you know, fishing, uh, going on dangerous piers, and I still can't swim right today. And so I think about all the things I did uh, coming up as a kid. I was lucky. Yeah. You know, somebody's watching over me. Yeah. We should ride the end Judah, uh, <laughs> jump on back of it and ride through the tunnel. <laughs> wow. On a bike or a No. On a, no. Just, we run, just jump, jump on back on? of it. Yeah. And ride through the Enjuna Tunnel. <laughs> just imagine if you fail. Yeah. You know, but we, you know, we had no fear then. No fear. It was just a lot of fun. Did you keep your eyes open in the tunnel? or? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And we used to walk through it, too. Yeah. You see yeah. anything down there? No. We didn't see anything but the trains coming. You can see the light. 
it had little holes in the walls. So we'd jump in the hole when the train is coming. And then when the train passed by, we start walking through again. Yeah. Yeah, so we just did a lot of crazy things. You mentioned uh, fishing. So would you, as a kid, would you ride your bike down to the piers or, or yeah, take, we'd the, ride take the bikes. train? Or? Yeah, we'd go with some older friends yeah. that like to fish. I've never been a fisherman, but it was just being a kid and just going with the crowd, having fun. What part of, uh, like, what, which piers would you go to? Uh, we'd go down there, uh, let's see, down by, uh, it's one down, way down off Venice. It's a pier, you know, uh, behind By the Gallo aquatic park and all that. Yeah. Yeah, down that way. And, and they had an old pier uh, out at the beach one time. Mm-hmm. And we used to walk that pier. Mm-hmm. And the waves would be coming. We used to catch, like, you know, have some crab nets, too. Catch a little bit of crabs. So you catch a lot of crab out there. To eat? No, we didn't eat it. Yeah. Nah. Just for fun? Just for fun. Yeah. Awesome. So this is great. Like, what... What other kinds of things did you and your friends do when you're, you know, 15 well, or 10? Well, 15 or and coming up then, I like, you know, I was going to high school around what, 16, 15. And my thing was track and basketball. Mm-hmm. So I was more into, you know, things like that, running track, playing basketball, playing baseball. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about the hippies a little bit? Well, it, was, it wasn't uh, hard to adjust to that. You know, because they wasn't bothering anybody, you know. They were just smoking their weed and being, you know, lovable to everybody, you know. So, uh, you know, it, it was fun. Yeah. You know, it was fun. Did you get into any of the music? Yeah, like I said, we just got to the Golden Gate Park and people be playing their bongos and um, all kind of music. And you just sit there and just have fun and just listen, you know. So uh, that was a different generation, but it was a good generation. Yeah. You know, it's a good generation. It was more love around with everybody, you know. And it's completely, completely different uh, now than what it was then. Yeah, and so somehow... I think I, I think I had a good childhood. Somehow pot is legal now, but it's different. Right. <laughs> it's well, much then different. it wasn't legal. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, the police would get you there. Yeah, yeah. Can we talk about the, the theaters you mentioned real fast? Tell me about some of those, those theaters on Fillmore. That well, like I said, you had movie theaters on Fillmore. Uh, you had the Temple, uh, the American Theater, the Uptown Theater, and you just walk from your house, walk down Fillmore, because Fillmore was, like I said, it was always crowded. You had uh, a lot of Navy men, a lot of Army people down there. You had a Woolworths down there. Mm-hmm. You know, just all kind of soul food restaurants, mm-hmm. barbecue. Anything you want was down on Fillmore, because you've never been to California until you've been to Fillmore. And that's why I always called it Little Harlem. After I got older and seeing uh, Harlem on TV in New York. And Fillmore just like a Little Harlem. Mm-hmm. It was lit up at night. And it was just, uh, you can hear a lot of blues. Yeah, pool halls, skating rinks. And it was just a lot of fun. Good place to grow up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good, I think that's a good segue to, mm-hmm. do you want to maybe take a look at this book and we'll just keep the mic on and you can talk about some stuff in there well this is uh, Bobby Webb uh, he's very known here in San Francisco he's like my uncle Right. he was raised up with my mom and my aunts and our families was like families and he just died about six seven months ago somewhere yeah. around there 
but he's a legend. He's on the mirror right there on Post and uh, Steiner on the Hamilton wall. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's on that mirror. Awesome. And he was also a DJ with K-Pool. Right. So uh, all these people here that's in this book, like I said, my mom is in here. And, yeah, little, little Harlem of the West. So it's a good book, and it's a uh, history about Fillmore, mm-hmm. of things they used to do. I haven't went through the whole thing. This is my aunt's book. Okay. So I just borrowed it from her. And a lot of your f- friends and family are in this book. Well, my mom's in here. My aunt's in here. Like I said, Bobby's in here. And a couple of friends that I remember as a, a kid when I was growing up. Did you go to the jazz clubs? Uh, when I got older, most of the jazz clubs was gone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, during my time yeah because I graduated in 68 okay so they started revamping Fillmore you know that they had plans they still closed it down a lot of places mm-hmm. so when I was as I became a teenager uh, graduated from high school Fillmore had changed a lot mm-hmm. from I, the 50s I read something 60s. about a lot of those jazz clubs kind of changing over to R&B in the, in the late 60s early 70s Do you, does that ring a bell um, I mean, some of them remained music places but the yeah, music but you didn't, you didn't have too many. Yeah. You didn't have too many. Yeah. Like I said, that's when the, uh, they changed the name. That's when they had the Boom Boom Room, right there with Fillmore and Gary. Mm-hmm. And they still had a lot of uh, blues in there. Mm-hmm. They still playing a lot of blues to mm-hmm. the jazz. And uh, same thing on the Visadero. You had the Sportsman's Club. Where was that? And that was on the Visadero and Hayes. Oh. That was right across the street from they used to call it the Hardy Theater. Mm-hmm. And uh, you had a couple of places under Mr. Darrell, but uh, all the jazz clubs had really gone away. By the end of the 60s? Right. Yeah. Did you, this is just another side note. I said, I told you I lived at Hayes and Divisadero back in 2001, and there was a barbecue spot there that I really liked, Brother in Law's. Yeah, Brother in Law's. Remember Brother in Law's? Oh, yeah, oh yeah. man. Walk in there, and he, all it was was ribs, so it's like, do you want beef or pork? Oh, yeah. Pork. They had, they had, Let's they do had, it. They had good barbecue. Really good. I was right. sad to see them go. See, the best one used to be Leonard's on Fillmore when I was a kid coming up. Yeah. You had Leonard's, and that was the main barbecue spot. Was that like one of the places you most get excited about if you're going to go eat at? Oh, I know yeah. you had good good cooking at home, but. Yeah. Because yeah. you, had, you had so many places uh, on Fillmore to eat. It's like I said, you know, you had soul food restaurants, you had uh, fish. You know, a little fish market where they made hot fish sandwiches. Mm-hmm. So you just walk down the street and pick what you want. Awesome. Awesome. Um, is there anything else in the book you want to talk about? Or oh, no, not really. Before we move on? It is, uh, like I say, you know, it's, you just have to go through the book and read about the history of Fillmore. Oh, Texas Playhouse. Yeah. We were talking yeah. earlier about the connection between Texas and Louisiana and the South and, and here. Yeah, a lot of people from Texas relocated here. Including some of your family. Oh, yeah, most all of my family. All your family, Grandparents. yeah. Grandparents. Yeah. Louis Blues. He played everywhere. Um, I, uh, I knew him about uh, 17 years ago. He used, to, he used to play, be the opening act. Um, uh-huh. He was super, very nice oh, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, that's Bobby. He played for a long time. Because my brother, my brother's father taught him how to play. And then he's in here too, Roland, Roland Mitchell. 
and my uh, parents was raised up with Eddie James and uh, Johnny Mathis. Johnny Mathis lived in the neighborhood too, right there where we lived. He lived on Lion Street, and we lived in the projects. Uh, Bobby Freeman, he was another one uh, that my mother and all them, you know, hung out as kids coming up. Cause they went to all girls high, old Benjamin Franklin, mm -hmm. right there on Gary. And that was an all girls school. Mm. And that's where my mom and my aunts and all them went to school. Well, like I say, uh, you know, you had policemen walking the beat. They weren't driving around in cars. They was walking the beat, and they knew everybody. And they kept the peace, and uh, they respected everybody. They knew people by name. You know, that's why I say it was more like family-orientated. I never seen, as I was coming up as a kid, policemen throwing people down on the ground, beating them. And I, I didn't see all that, mm -hmm. besides on TV. <laughs> back in the south out here was more laid back yeah more friendly yeah yeah it's all corporate, <laughs> yeah, corporate. you can be honest <laughs> please yeah, no it's all it's all corporate and yeah. expensive you know it's, it's moving the poor people out you know it's, it's no uh, african-american businesses you might have one or two but it's not their building. It's to where they're leasing. Right. And then as your business starts picking up, they might start raising your rent, then they have to move out. Yeah. So it's hard to have a business in San Francisco. Yeah. I talked with Frenet about that a little right. bit. I, I told her, or I asked, you know, would it be the ultimate dream to have your restaurant on Fillmore? Yeah. Or at the very least in the neighborhood? And she said, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's her dream, but like I say, it, it's really expensive. Yeah. You have a lot of places uh, on Fillmore, they open up business, but they're not there long. We had a cleaners right there uh, in the Safeway parking lot. Mm -hmm. It was there for years, but now they done moved out because of the rent. Yeah. If you make it any kind of profit, and the owners of the building see you making a big profit, then they're gonna raise your rent. So that takes away your profit right there. Yeah. And it completely changes. It completely upends a neighborhood, right? It'll yeah. It makes it hard for anybody that's trying to open up a business. Yeah. You have to go outside the city. Are a lot of your friends and maybe family still around in the area? Uh, no. Uh, a lot of people moved out of San Francisco. They have Fairfield, Vallejo, uh, Vacaville, Sacramento, and... So it's very few yeah. friends of mine yeah. that's still in San Francisco. But you're still here. Yeah, I'm still here. I'm a city boy. <laughs> nice. And we're glad you're still here. Yeah. And I live in a co-op right there, so that's the reason why I'm still here. Okay. I got that place to 72. So uh, I avoided getting away from this $3,000 a month rent. Yeah. Because I'm part owner of my, you know, complex uh, yeah. to where I live at now. And where, where is that place? What I'm on it? Laguna and McAllister, Laura Miller Homes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right there. Yeah. And that's where Frenet was born and raised. Uh, we had cousins of down Betrayal Hill, <coughs> Hunters Point. So I'm a, I was all over the city. I'd be here in Fillmore, then I'm over in Betrayal Hill, then I'm out in Hunters Point. <laughs> so, I mean, that's where it was in those days, you know. We just scattered. Most of us in Fillmore, then some of them uh, in Patrol Hill or whatever. 
So you always had somewhere to go. Was it easier to get around back then, you think? Well, you know, to me it was. It was lots easier. Uh, you can get on. I remember before they built a freeway. If you had to go to San Jose, you had to take El Camino Real. All the way out to San Jose. All the way to Los Angeles. So it wasn't no freeway. So I remember, I forgot what year exactly was built. Uh, the 101 freeway. But everything, you know, with the streets. You can ride your bike. Go anywhere you wanted to go. You know, kids like us yeah. coming up. Almost like more of a town than a neighbor than a city. Yeah, it was. Yeah. You know, because San Francisco is surrounded by water, and it's easy to get around. You just go to one end to the other. So it's easy to learn San Francisco if you come from out of state somewhere. Take a ride around the city. And just go from one end to the other. That was Darnay McPherson. We featured Darnay's daughter, Fernay McPherson, in episode 14 if you want to go back and listen. Please join us next week when we'll hear stories from another La Cocina entrepreneur, Bernadine Sewell, a.k.a. Pinky Winchester of Pinky and Reds. On the subject of Fillmore Jazz, we wanted to let you know about an art and film opening coming up on June 13th called Juke City. Artist William Rhodes will be showing visual art and film chronicling the vibrant black culture of San Francisco from the 1920s through the 1950s. The show will run from June 13th through August 2nd at the African American Art and Culture Complex. That's at 762 Fulton Street. Music for the podcast is by Otis McDonald. Film photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. You can join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay up to date on everything we do. Find the more than 70 episodes on our website, storiedsf.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if that happens to be Apple Podcasts, and you have a minute to spare, please rate and review the show for us. Send comments or suggestions to storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.